You're listening to the Church of Christ podcast. My name is Levi Christ. I am an artist, an actor, and spiritual practitioner. And this season, I am turning the lyric into the lesson. The song is the sermon. I'm going to pick a song of mine, do a deep dive, and come out with a practical spiritual principle that I believe will help you get tangible results on your way to radical self-improvement. Hey, you bless me for being here, and I'm going to do my best to bless you back. Let's feel good right here, right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 31 of the Church of Christ podcast. That's for season two. There's 33 episodes for season one. Season one was much more about having a lot of uh, guests. You know, as a licensed spiritual practitioner, I have the opportunity to spend a lot of time with some really great minds in the metaphysical and spiritual community. And I had the opportunity to feature many of them uh, in season one. And as I were looking at the close of season two, I'm going to be spending some time online promoting some of my favorite episodes on the off season, because there's a lot of people who still have yet to discover um, what's going on here at the Church of Christ podcast. One thing that's helped though, are you who have left reviews because your review signals an algorithm to Apple iTunes podcast that says to that podcast, hey, this is getting some interaction. Why don't we make it more visible in the genre of podcast that I'm in? So you're the reason. If you've left a five-star review, you're the reason that my podcast is reaching people who are only interested in religion and spirituality podcasts. And then they find my podcast and all of a sudden they find my music. And guess what? My music fan base grows. So that's how you have made a difference. And I want to really thank those of you who have taken your time to give a five-star review here. I so appreciate it very, very much. And I'm excited to just kind of close out the season and then spend a little time each week posting on socials about some of my favorite episodes so far with our two seasons. Um, And I've had a really great time with this season with you because I've heard from you and it's been encouraging to me to do that. Boy, as we wrap up this season, here we are with the final virtual concert series, final one, October 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to be sitting here in my groovy little music room performing the album, One of the Ones, my debut album. Very excited about that. I do have a song that was omitted from that album uh, called West of Kester. And uh, that's actually already in the listening room section of my membership site for members only, the on the LK crew to listen to. But I'm going to little tease you a little bit about it uh, on October 31st. I'll play it for those who are attending the virtual concert. If you want to attend the virtual concert, it's not too late. You can go to levichrist.com slash ticks and get your tickets for the virtual concert as we uh, relive the debut album that was released on November, was it November 17th? November 17th? November 24th? 17th? I don't know. 2004 was a long time ago. But uh, that's how far we we go back, huh? Except for some of you new folks. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, So I guess what there is to do today is to dive into a song that 
matter of fact, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, just a few moments ago and I said, hey, I was wondering what I was going to do for the podcast this week. And she was like, if you're doing songs from one of the ones, I'd really kind of love to hear what your experience is behind the song Man Out of Me, Man Out of Me, Man Out of Me. Uh, that is the last track on the debut album. And it was a last minute addition to one of the ones because uh, it's it's just a live recording that was taken from an event that I created with a few other Southern transplants when we moved to Los Angeles. Uh, we had this thing called, um, it came from Nashville. And we created this songwriters in the round at Genghis Cohen in Hollywood. It was about me, Tanya, Watts, Travis Howard, Austin Hanks. Uh, occasionally, Waylon Payne would join us, and we were all had this, you know, loving this California country movement that was happening uh, in LA at the time. And people really dug this whole thing. And well, I had written this song. Uh, uh, as true fashion with some of these songwriting writing rounds, these um, I had just finished the song like maybe a day or two before I had performed it. Um, not uncommon. I did that with Let It Go and a couple of other songs that I've talked about on the podcast or, or to you online or wherever. But it was a tough song to share at first because it was about the experience of my first real relationship, which became rather abusive. Um, he was an alcoholic. It was physically abusive. It was emotionally abusive, um, in all kinds of ways that really effed up my head at a very impressionable age, uh, for a decent amount of time. And it was really kind of tough. And I, I took that, uh, forward with me and found a couple of, couple more abusive relationships. My second relationship, started out pretty good and became very verbally abusive, very verbally insulting, not, not physically, not, not physical altercations and, and like domestic violence, like the first one, but, uh, extremely insulting. Um, and then the third one was kind of a little hodgepodge of the both of them. <laughs> you know, I was definitely attracting that kind of relationship. So let's talk about why, because I do have opinions as someone who has been through very real experiences that, that, uh, with, with being a victim of gay domestic violence and also, seeing the lingering effects of that in my life, you know, where, where I get sketchy, where I get weird, where I feel like the sky's going to fall. If I don't do something, it just has this response that, uh, that said something, even, even occasionally sometimes like very rarely now, but on occasion, I just will get that sketchy, sketchy. Did I do this right? Am I, you know, am I going to get beat because I didn't clean the dishes? type of thing. Uh, it's, it's very, very weird. And I talk about it candidly more or less now, but I've never really gone deep into what that experience was like. And I don't want to on a 25 minute podcast, but I can give you the listener something that applies to you. Even if you haven't been through that and I'm going to get there and it's going to be say, it's going to be this, and it's a hard pill to swallow. And it's not where the conversation should start with these things because it's the conversation I'm having now. And I wouldn't have had the conversation that I'm having now about this experience uh, 20 years ago when it was happening. 
I had to get to this point. And so the conversation I'm going to offer you about this is rather advanced for a specific situation like surviving domestic violence, right? Um, But let's say that's not an issue that you're dealing with. This still applies. So let's talk about where I am today. Where Where I am today is the ability to say that I've never attracted anything that I wasn't a vibrational equivalent to. What is very true is that all three of these relationships very accurately, very precisely reflected back to me the very view I had about myself. They reflected back to me my degree of self-worth. They showed me (laughs) by their actions what I actually thought about myself They were only giving back to me the truest, most authentic reflection of my own level of self-worth, or rather self-worthlessness. We can't attract something better than that if we're not an equivalent to it. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow. But as you know, I am just constantly hammering away at the conversation of self-worth. Self-worth is so important if you're going to attract relationships by, you know, if you're going to attract people who find you valuable. One plus one equals two here, right? You're going to find your way out of self-destructive behavior like killing your body with with drugs, hard drugs and alcohol and cigarettes if you're if you have a greater sense of self-worth. Everything comes back to self-worth. And and you can't attract a high value experience if you don't value yourself yourself highly. You can't attract a high value experience if you do not value yourself highly. Yes? Do you hear me what I'm saying? So I'll, I'll read you the lyrics to this. Um, I, I use a word in here that I'm not going to use, um, uh, though as someone who has been called this in the past um, and as someone who belongs to the LGBTQIA community, I have the right to use this. I'm not going to use this, though, um, because the algorithms will catch it and probably block this podcast. Um, so my lyric says, um, something that I never said. And sure, when I was writing this song, it was like, dang, should I come out and tell people that this has happened? Um, A story that I've never shared. I was only 20 years old. He was a love affair. Soon became a humble home, but wrecked with animosity. He took it to the bottle and turned around and took it out on me. And I was just a boy, a scrawny little boy, a naive hmm, little boy. F. Too confused by love to leave, too abused by you to see that you are maniacal, certifiable. <laughs> it's comical. When I'm looking back, I see you made a man out of me. Um, a lot of the spiritual conversation that we're that I'm trying to have here with this song finds you the listener in the second verse, where I do say life has been so good to me because it's taught me things about the soul. And right here, y'all, this is it. Listen, if pain is just an error in thought, 
then I'm in full control. What the F does that mean, y'all? Do y'all know what that means? What does that lyric mean? Say it out loud. I'll hear you way over here. No, what this means is that the only thing that matters is perceptive, per- perspective, perspective, right? That we can either believe, and this goes back to the four stages of the evolution of a con- of our conscious awareness, of our consciousness. We talked about this in about, uh, what was it, like two or three other episodes um, where I reviewed once again the four stages of uh, spiritual awareness, which was number one is victim consciousness, which is life happens to me. Number two is a consciousness where uh, a by me consciousness where life happens by me. That means that I'm actually a part of this creative experience called life. And then the third consciousness is uh, through me consciousness where I realize, like, no, wait a minute, I am actually uh, created in the divine image of God and I have the ability to utilize that through my thoughts and feelings and the universe responds in kind. This incredible law of attraction is working in as and through me and I am experiencing life intentionally. I'm creating it intentionally. And then the fourth stage of consciousness was life happens as me. And that's kind of like that Christ consciousness where we are so in alignment with the truth of who we are as an infinite, unlimited, prosperous, abundant, loving, joyful, wonderful, healthy, vibrant, and alive, spiritual, divine entity that we're in it. We're just in it. It's happening. So when you take it a lyric of pain is just an error, if pain is just an error in thought, then I'm in full control. Pain is just an error in thought. Okay, so it's all about perspective, right? So you look at the things that have happened to us in our life, the unfortunate things that have happened to us. I can either say that that made me an authority on that very thing, and then I can bring that into power and maybe even become of service to someone else who needs to hear what I have to say about it. Or I can stay in victim consciousness and believe that life happens to me and I am powerless and I have nothing to do about it. And I didn't, I wasn't a vibrational equivalent about it and I can't do anything about it anymore. Circumstances in the physical world are this big immovable entity that I am a victim of. Um, That's where the error in thought that I'm referring to. So even back then writing this that many years ago, there was something inherent within me that just simply knew that regardless of what happens in our life, we get to choose how to interpret it. We get to choose how to tell that story. We get to choose how to overcome that story. We get to choose how to allow that story to make us an authority on that, which we have gone through and overcome and become victorious over. Um, and, and that, that is, um, that's what that line is referring to. So, and then I say, glad I started long ago learning in the hardest way. Well, I mean, this goes back to how many, how many lessons did I have to learn the hard way by the time I was even 23 when I was writing this, I suppose, I'm guessing what age this was probably 23, 24. But I mean, if you know my history, you know that uh, life had been rather difficult up until that point, uh, even in the youngest of my ages. And so, I mean, I was already feeling like an old soul here writing this song so many years ago, where it was like, glad I started long ago learning in the hardest way, learning that I 
no matter how hard it is, there is something within me that knows how to overcome it, how to reinterpret it, how to pivot, how to find a way to be empowered. Go ahead, let this empower me. I will be a superhero by the time you're done. Like that kind of attitude about it. Um, Because now I know my power, I said. Now I know my power, and that bullshit would never fly today. Great lyric there. Right. And it's true. Like, now I know the value of who I am. There's absolutely no way that that would be attractive. Now, the thing that I feel is kind of sad here is that I could see myself wanting to get to that place where I believe what I'm writing here, because now I know my power and that bullshit would never fly today. But that bullshit was going on when I was writing this with my second relationship. Matter of fact, it even got worse in the relationship that followed. So it's really kind of like I can see myself wanting to believe these things and not quite yet getting there where I can really honestly say, and that bullshit would never fly today. Because unfortunately, I wasn't quite the vibrational equivalent of the kind of level of self-worth that attracted a high-value relationship. Um, Interesting. But I said, but I was just a boy, a sheltered little boy. I let you use that little boy. Might have been too young to see, but you just look what you made in me by being maniacal, maniacal, certifiable. It's comical when I looking back, I see you made a man out of me. Um, yeah, I, it, you know, there's so much, so many stages to this that, that like, I'm almost hesitant to have a, a podcast about it because you just don't get over it. Um, there's been a very long process involved that uh, I haven't ever laid out um, in detail about how do you become a person that feels like it didn't go through that? How do you, how do you become a different person? You know, how do you, how do you get that out of your body and your mind so that you're not carrying that kind of experience with you forward in your life? And I'm grateful. I haven't carried that experience forward in my life since probably, well, since finding my husband, um, And that's because I did the work before he came along to be a vibrational equivalent of someone who actually values me. You know, I did that work. I attracted him. I didn't look up. He didn't just come along and it was fate. I did the work and I became a vibrational equivalent to someone who truly, truly values me, which is why I know that I had a part. I'm not in victim mode, victim consciousness, life, life happens to me. I've always been a part of what's come my way. And I know that I have on some level been a vibrational equivalent to that, which I've experienced. So it's empowering. It's tough to swallow when you're not at that stage yet. And that's what I was saying. There's a lot of stages to this that I just haven't really articulated. Um, But at the end of the day, the spiritual truth, the spiritual truth is it all begins and ends with you. You have to do the work to raise your self-worth, to to see the value of who we are. And how do you do that? It starts with really understanding who you are as a spiritual being. 
I'll tell you a hundred times, and I don't mind telling you a hundred times, a drop of the ocean is not the whole of the ocean, but within it contains all the properties of the ocean. And so you are as God. You are not the whole of God, but within you contains all the properties of God because you are an intentional extension of God, an intentional expression of the divine intelligence. Within you are all the properties fully equipped to have that God divine experience right here. Heaven is now heaven on earth paradise is yours right here right now that is what you have within you and it's there for you to the degree that you stay in alignment with that oneness with source that oneness with divine intelligence maybe that's your end. Maybe that's where you start understanding what your self-worth is all about. Because if you saw yourself the way the God self within you sees yourself, you would start the conversation as a king, as a queen, and let people who don't get it tell you you have a God complex because they don't believe it. But you know what? You are a living, breathing expression of God, and I don't want anything less for you. Because you know what? If you spend your time there, you're going to attract people who treat you like a king and like a queen who honor you, who value you, and you'll feel the difference. You'll feel the difference in the quality of relationships that you have because everything that doesn't resonate on that level of that high value that you have for yourself, you'll just feel like, man, why did I even bother with this? I didn't didn't even see the things that I see now when I was like down there in that vibration. It really does cause a shift. It really does cause a shift. And I want you to have relationships all around you where people value you so highly and have so much respect for you and have so much, um, yeah, respect and love for you that um, you get used to that. You get really, really accustomed to that so much so that it's jarring for you when people don't resonate with that. And you know what? Let them think you're a snob when you don't get it. When when you're like, oh, wow, this person is definitely not walking through the world with the same degree of value for me or others than I do for myself. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's absolutely okay. I would rather you have that than you have a a false humility that attracts bullshit people into your life that doesn't respect you. You deserve more than that. You deserve more than that. So um, we deserve more than that. I continue to grow and and nurture that and cultivate it. And I hope you do too. So you know what? I'm going to let this go. I'm going to leave this with you. I just want you to grab a hold of a few few of these nuggets today and uh, and just realize that you have the power. Let's, Let's not stay in the first stage of consciousness, the to me consciousness, where life happens to me, the victim consciousness. Start realizing that on some degree, however degree you're able to perceive this right now, you are a little creator, a microcosm of the macrocosm made in the image of God who created the cosmos and the universe. You're creating your little universe. You're a part of this. So start doing the work because working on yourself creates the vibrational equivalent, right? You're going to be, you're going to see your self-worth grow. You're going to see your, your respect for your own self. Self-destructive behaviors are going to fall by the wayside. Being okay with less, less affirming relationships and friendships are not going to be tolerable for you. It'll change. It'll shift. But just commit to being on your purpose. Do the work inside of you and watch the universe respond. 
watch the world around you change. Okay? It'll happen. It'll happen. I'll leave you with that. Here's the song, Man Out of Me, from the album One of the Ones. And I hope to see you uh, October 31st for the virtual concert series for One of the Ones. Again, LeviChrist.com slash ticks. You can get tickets. Be there with me. It's going to be the last one of the season. And remember, you are a microcosm of the macrocosm, a little God right there with the ability to create anything you want. So why not create paradise? It's yours to the degree that you can resonate with it, be equal to it, and imagine it, okay? We'll talk to you next week. that I never said A story that I've never shared I was only 20 years old He was a love affair Soon became a humble home Wrecked with animosity Took it to the bottom And turned around And took it out on me And I was just a boy A scrawny little boy A naive, faggot little boy Too confused by love to leave Too abused by you to see That you were maniacal It's comical When I'm looking back I see you've made a man Out of me Life has been so good to me Taught me things about the soul Pain is just an error in thought That I'm in full control I started long ago Learning in the hardest way Now I know my power And that bullshit would never fly today And I was just a boy Shelter, little boy I let you own that little boy Might have been too young to see Certifiable It's comical When I'm looking back I see you made a man Out of me Man,